is Shawnee, your nerdy girlfriend, life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. I'm happy to have another coffee date with you, a virtual coffee date. And on this podcast, I share ways that you can simplify your home, simplify your heart, and simplify your life. And I want to talk about getting rid of distractions and clutter in those areas, helping you identify what you're keeping, what's important, what you value, and show up for that. Simplify and show up. So today we're going to talk about shopping. (laughs) This is a hot issue for me right now. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're shopping too much? I just had that experience. Connor was away hunting. He goes on a couple hunting trips in the fall. And so it's me and the kids. And, you know, I prep for it. I plan for it. I know it's going to happen. But still, there's some hard parts, right? There's some hard days in that, like all the time, right? Every day is a little bit of hard and a little bit of awesome. But man, I was definitely feeling the hard. And one of the ways that I tried to make myself feel better when the kids were in bed and I was alone at night was to shop, do some online shopping. And I do a lot of online browsing. I fill a cart and then I just never buy it. I never check out. But this time I was, I found myself uh, shopping, buying some clothes, buying a record player. (laughs) And I found myself also justifying a lot of my shopping on the prices or the necessity. And I know also about myself that Every season that comes along, I kind of get into the mental trap that I somehow need a wardrobe refresh, which is weird because I'm not someone who really leaves my house maybe a couple days a week. So I don't know why I think I need more clothes. (laughs) But maybe you feel like this too. I, I think it's a really clever marketing that fast fashion does for us where our clothes are only good for one season and then the next season comes in and we have to buy a whole new capsule wardrobe for that season, but I I really want to lean into using what I have. And um, over the years, I know I have this skill, but I was definitely forgetting. Maybe you feel like that too, when the fall sweaters come out and they start filling up the store shelves and you're like, oh, I don't have one in that color. Or there's some new boots and you're like, well, I have boots, but they're not waterproof boots. (laughs) So I want to talk to you about why we shop. I think it's really powerful to kind of understand the neuroscience behind it. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. I also want to talk to you about when to know if it's too much, right? Is it a problem even? And if you're interested and you feel like you want to make a change, some minimalist mindsets that you can apply to your shopping habits. So why we shop? There's a really great book called Tame Your Anxiety by Loretta Bruning, and she talks a lot about the the neurochemicals that we have in our body. She, that's a, a really big core of this book. She talks about the feel-good hormones that we spend a lot of our day chasing, and there's three big ones. There's serotonin, and serotonin is one that your body will release when you feel skilled or special. Its role is to give you social security, right? Like these um, neurochemicals, they exist for a reason, right? They are part of our survival as a human and as a species. And then there's oxytocin, which is also called like that love hormone, that connection hormone. You get it when you feel like you belong, you're part of a group, you get it when you're holding your newborn baby. And it has a role in developing social trust amongst groups of people. And there's one that's really popular, dopamine. Dopamine is related to meeting your needs. So when you feel like you've met your needs or you're going to meet your needs or you're going to achieve something like filling that shopping cart (laughs) online, you're going to get dopamine. You also get dopamine when you anticipate that package arriving or when you anticipate that reward. Dopamine is in the anticipation as well. 
in my opinion, considering serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine, we get all of these from shopping. For one, I bought something. It makes me special. I have something that's going to make me special or increase my status. I get serotonin. Or maybe you bought something that makes you feel like I belong. I belong with this brand. I belong with this group. I fit in. You get oxytocin. Maybe you feel like you're meeting a need somehow, like that need to to have this nice thing and you get to look forward to it in the mail. You get dopamine. Shopping also makes us feel in control. We feel good from it. Even if it's not long lasting, we get a temporary boost from it. And that's why we turn to it. That's why we turn to it, especially when we are feeling not so hot, when we are overwhelmed, stressed, bored, anxious, um, frustrated, any kind of those uncomfortable feelings we don't want to feel, we're going to turn to it and it's going to make us feel better. Like emotional eating, right? We can also emotional shop. In coaching, we call a situation like this a buffer. It's a distraction we turn to when we don't want to feel the things that we're feeling. So we might turn to the screens, to the food, to the drinking, to the shopping. And of course, we all do some of these things to some extent. But you know it's a buffer. You know that it's a coping mechanism. You know that it's a distraction for you when it becomes a negative part of your life, when it's giving you a negative impact. So let's go back years ago to, I don't know, seven, six years ago with some flashback music. And I am decluttering my basement. I just realized for the first time I have permission to get rid of stuff There was basically a walking path through my basement. And so I'm standing there amongst boxes, asking myself questions like, how did all of this pile up? Why did I ever bring this into my home? Why did I ever buy this? And I could see that I had spent the past 10 years, my whole 20s, buying the things I thought were necessary for me to be a credible adult. So I looked around and all this stuff I was getting rid of, the clothes, the kitchen gadgets, just the stuff. And it also parallel to that, I started to watch how I would consume, how I would bring in, how I would shop. And I would see that I bought things that I thought I should have in order to fit in. I would watch how I would turn to shopping for entertainment, something fun to do, um, go to the mall, whatever. Like I don't live near a mall, but it would be this big event to go out and go shopping or shop online. I would shop to feel better, and I would shop without reason, really. I would just see something, decide I like it, and just get it. There was no intention. It was just reactionary. Around this time, I also started to do the Moms 30 for 30, and I'm going to link some links to that in the show notes. That's where I wore 30 items of clothes for 30 days. It was kind of a personal challenge that I put together for myself and other bloggers and friends would join in on Instagram. It was always really fun. I've done quite a handful of them over the years. But that first one, it was a very eye-opening experience to see how many of my clothes I was actually wearing and how many of my clothes were just sitting there taking up space. There were clothes that over the years I thought I had to have them. I spent money on them and then they just sat there (laughs) only for me to stare at and feel guilty for not wearing them and dissatisfied with my closet because I wasn't wearing these clothes, which led to more shopping. And really in doing that 30 for 30, I learned a few things. I learned I can solve my nothing to wear problem by actually taking time to wear what I have. 
And for me, that meant spending time putting outfits together and trying things out and seeing what I had and how I could use it. I called it an interview with my clothes. And at the end of that month, that 30 for 30, I was cutting some things. I was cutting things that I didn't want anymore. And I was sometimes spotting a couple gaps of things that I thought would be useful for me to bring into my closet so that I could make more use of what I already have because I actually liked my clothes. I bought them all for a reason, right? I liked a lot of them. So as I went forward after doing that 30 for 30, considering kind of building up a closet of clothes that I love to wear, I developed a motto around future shopping. And it is, if you don't love it, don't buy it. And I think the hardest part about that motto is that we accept a lot of substitutes, especially when we are in the mindset that we need something. Like if you think you need a certain boot this year or a certain pan for baking something, do you spend the time to find exactly what you want? Or do you just find the closest thing available? For years, I, I had wanted to buy a coffee table for our living room. We didn't have one. And we have been actually using our dining room bench. We'll pull it over in front of the couch and then we'll put it away, like just moving it around all the time. And I didn't want that to be the permanent solution. It was temporary. But what I wanted to be the permanent solution was a coffee table that worked for our family, how we wanted to use it, and something I really liked to look at. And as I kind of had this mental narrative, oh, I need a coffee table, I need a coffee table, I would be out shopping or whatever, looking at stores, looking online, and almost buy a few that I didn't actually love, but just they were going to get the job done. And I would tell myself like, no, don't settle. Like there's something out there. There's a coffee table for you. It's waiting for you. <laughs> because I wanted to find that one that was going to work. You know what? that I liked, but also that Connor liked that he was going to be on board with too. It took us almost a year to find what we really liked. So over the years of decluttering, I could look at my house and I could see a lot of substitutes for what I really wanted. There were also a lot of things I told myself I needed and then I really didn't. So I had this perceived urgency and this perceived necessity around the item and there were also a lot of things that I bought because it's who I thought I was or wanted to be or who I used to be. And that turned out to be identity clutter. Identity clutter are those things we keep because they were who we were, who we think we want to be, who we try to be, or who we want to be one day, or who others also tell us who we think we should be. They're kind of this aspirational, almost false identity that we build up through stuff. I'll link a post on that in the show notes as well. But let's bring it back to shopping. For me, shopping was a problem for me in my earliest 20s. You know, you you go out into the world with your big old student loans in your pocket <laughs> and someone's giving you a credit card because you're a student. And for me, shopping was a problem because I was actually spending money I didn't have. And also another problem, I was shopping for things I didn't really need. I, I was really naive at what I thought I was going to need because I don't think that shopping is wrong. I don't think shopping makes you a bad person. It's a tool that we have to meet our needs and create the lives we want. I like shopping. I like getting stuff. I remember when my daughter was smaller and she'd get her allowance and she'd just burn through it. And then one day we came home from the store and I was like, I noticed you just like buy something all the time. And if you don't have money, you like ask me for it. And I, I don't give it to her. And I was like, what's up with that? And she's like, I just want to buy something every time I go out because it makes me feel good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a whole thing, girl. <laughs> 
So here's the thing, shopping isn't bad, but sometimes it's giving us a negative impact in our life. Maybe it pulls you away from living, from being present. It's a distraction for you. Maybe you're spending money you don't have and that debt is accumulating. Maybe you're hiding it from people and that's hurting your relationship, how you want to be in a relationship with them. Maybe you feel like what you're buying is not the person you want to be. You feel out of integrity with yourself. Maybe you're running out of room in your home, (laughs) like the input exceeds the output. And maybe you just don't like why you're doing it. Maybe you feel like your motivation for shopping for that item is not in line with who you want to be and what you want to be motivated by. And I can relate to all of these. I won't tell you what you do is wrong. You get to decide if it's not working for you the way you are doing it. So if you think that you want to refresh your relationship to shopping, here are some of my own approaches that I've developed over the years towards shopping with the obvious caveat. Sometimes I don't follow them as seen with my recent shopping haul while my husband was away hunting for the week. You know, I always do something when he's away hunting. Usually it's a home project. I tear out a closet. I paint something. But this time I shopped. So maybe I need to be proactive and actually go to the paint store before his next trip. (laughs) So I'm going to give you some of my ideas. And I'm going to put them in a little printable as well that you can get from the website. So don't feel like you have to scribble all this down while I'm talking. Let's talk about before you even go to the store and maybe you have a desire you're at home you're like i want to go shopping or i think i want to go buy this thing my best tip before you go and buy more stuff is to do an inventory of what you have whether you're cleaning out your makeup drawer or your shoe closet this is why that 30 for 30 stopped a lot of my clothes shopping because i was like i do have so many clothes i could wear something new every day for like months (laughs) and never have to do laundry so really do an inventory of what you already have it's like shopping your house already And then the next challenge in that part is to start using what you have because we cannot appreciate something we're not using. Our items, when they're not in use, they have no value to us. They're not being used. They provide no value. So we have very little appreciation for them. Think about the things that you actually use every day that you highly value, like your favorite spatula or your toothpaste or your favorite shoes. We use these every day. We appreciate them. We don't find ourselves with the need to go buy more of them. We will replace them, obviously, but these are just things that we have a natural appreciation for. Maybe this would be a challenge for you. Maybe you want to use a new spice every day this week. Maybe you have a closet or a cupboard full of spices. Maybe you have a cupboard full of beauty products under your bathroom sink. Have a spa night for like every other night. Do a 30 for 30. We have so much in our house already, just sitting there, just inventory sitting there that's going unused. So let's say you've done that and you've, you're kind of like, yeah, but there's still some stuff I want to go get. Um, I don't like shopping for the sake of shopping, for the sake of entertainment. I try to go shopping for a reason. It doesn't always happen because sometimes I just want to go out and see what's out there. But just like, as a, it's not my hobby. Like shopping can't be my hobby <laughs> anymore. So I try to come into shopping with a list Shopping from intention and not from reaction. That's why inventory is really important. You can see gaps like, I need more fuzzy socks. I need a coffee to go cup. 
I need more conditioner. We probably don't need more conditioner. You probably have like three half-used bottles in your bathroom. Put them all together. <laughs> Use it all up. And then you can go buy more conditioner. But we buy a lot of things on reaction just on the fear. The fear of what if. The fear of the scarcity mindset. Like it's a good deal. I'll link a couple links to those in the show notes about what if I need this one day in scarcity mindset. Because over the years I have learned that I can walk away from a lot of deals with the abundance mindset that it's going to come back around. The things that are for me in this world, they'll come back around. I don't want to buy into the urgency and the scarcity of a good deal unless it's something I was already planning on buying and it's something that I really like, love, (laughs) because that's the next kind of rule that I have for myself is buy what you love. And I know that's hard because sometimes we think we just need to solve a need and we'll accept a lot of alternatives. So sometimes it's helpful to ask yourself, what is worth holding out for? If I have this item in mind, am I just going to accept a substitute or am I going to hold out for what I really, really want? So then the item is in your cart. Let's say, here's a couple things you can do. You can do an identity check. Does this item work with your lifestyle? Is it part of the life that you want? Does it kind of represent the person that you are, that you want to be, not this aspirational version of you? And then do a motivation check. Do you like your reasons for getting it? Do you like your reasons for spending money on it? Do you like your reasons for bringing it into your home? And sometimes I do a delayed gratification check, which can kind of go with the last point about Um, the sale and the scarcity mindset, because especially if it's kind of a big ticket item or something you didn't plan on buying, you can ask yourself, can I hold off on this? Can I give it a day to think about this? Remember when we would put items on hold at stores? I did this a lot when I was younger. Like it was a thing. I rarely went back to the store because when we're in the moment and we have that dopamine rush of like, I'm going to buy this. It's so exciting. If we kind of step back from that and, and let those emotions kind of simmer down a little, we can think about things a bit more rationally. And then just a practical step, if you are bringing stuff into your home and you feel like storage is an issue, clutter is an issue, maybe think about how you want to be handling that. Do you want to get rid of stuff that you're not using anymore? Do you want like a one-in, one-out system? So be mindful also of how you're accumulating and be intentional with that. I'm going to wrap up with a simple pleasure, and I think this is the perfect time of year for this one that I'm going to share. And that is a hot bath. I consider hot baths to be a form of water therapy. It is cathartic for me. It is relaxing for me. I feel like I sleep better. Um, I feel like I'm more relaxed. My friends know that I'm kind of notorious for loading up the iPad, watching TV in the tub while sipping something delicious, whether it's an old-fashioned or a tea or honey water, whatever, put on some candles. And I just love to have that time. I feel like it's one of the only times where I can just sit and be still and be really quiet. And my kids have also started to do it too. They they ask for a hot bath with some salts and some music and some candles and I set them up and actually my seven-year-old son the other day told me, I want to relax in a bougie bath. So I didn't teach him that one, but he's not wrong because <laughs> it does kind of feel fancy. If you get those good smelling soaps and a couple candles, it's a whole experience. It's a whole spa experience. I know some of you are like, I don't want to have a bath. I'm anti-bath. I don't want to bathe in my body water. I get it. I get it. 
you can have a quick rinse in the shower and then fill up that tub and just have a really relaxing way to kind of unwind for the night. I also love to read in the tub, read some good books. It doesn't always have to be with a screen, guys. So that's my simple pleasure that I would encourage you to try out this week. All right, friends, as always, I love to hear from you. I love to hear from you in the Facebook group, on Instagram, and I love to hear your reviews. Thank you to those of you who have left reviews recently. I did see some in New Zealand and in the States. I would love for you to leave a review as well. If you're in Canada, my home country, I'd love to hear from you guys. Just go to your podcast player, scroll down to the bottom of the podcast and click leave a review. I'd love to see you there. Have a great week.